New Vision is a church that is about guiding people to lives of gospel transformation. Whether this is your first time listening with us or you're a regular listener, we're so happy that you're here. Monday through Friday, we release a podcast studying through a book of the Bible. Right now, we've focused our attention to the Gospel of John. Again, we're happy that you're here. We know God's going to do something great. Hey guys, welcome to day 10 of the Gospel of John reading. I'm here with student pastor Eric Rosenberry. Eric Rosenberry, welcome back. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I love doing this stuff. You're very, you're great at it. I'm glad you're here. I, I have a question. Last time you didn't get to really share about your family. Tell us yeah, a little no. bit about your family. Yeah. So uh, I have a beautiful wife, Diane. I have been married to for 11 years, uh, which just seems like a long time. But um, in that midst of 11 years, we have uh, two girls. Uh, I have Hadley, who is six. She just started kindergarten this year. And then I have Ellie, who actually just turned one last week. Uh, so it's uh, it's just been crazy around the house uh, right now, obviously with uh, two really young ones. But it's it's been fun. Are you getting um, any work done? As much as possible. You know, you have all these uh, these ideas. Oh, I'm going to uh, be a teacher for my kid and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to uh, we're going to have school for him and everything. And then uh, plans get messed up really quick. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's really good, though. Yeah. Social distancing has certainly made a, a taking the impact on work at home for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you're here today. Uh, you're reading John six fifteen through fifty. It's a yeah. lot of verses. Uh, yeah. What 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 translation are you reading out of? So I'm coming from the HCSB today. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no Go problem. Ahead, Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So John chapter six verse fifteen through fifty. And it says, therefore, when Jesus knew that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started to cross the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was at the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea knew there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus or his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I assure you, you were looking for me, not because you not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on me, on him. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe in you, they asked. What are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us the bread always. Give us this bread always. And the bread of life, Jesus told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but I sh- but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And therefore the Jews started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can, we, how can he now say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will, be, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. So, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot going on in this passage. I mean, of course, there's, there's, there has to be. There's 35 verses, right? So, But when we first come into this passage, Jesus just fed the 5,000 with no more than a filet of fish, essentially, and the people are amazed. And they're so amazed that they wanted to give Jesus, uh, wanted to make Jesus this king, but not that type of king that he came to be and not for the purpose that he came to fulfill, of course. And so he heads off as do the disciples. And as amazing as feeding the 5,000 was, Jesus decides to take it up a notch as he walks on water to the disciples, uh, which, I mean, that would be pretty crazy for us to all see as someone's walking on water towards us about three or four miles into the sea. But as, as amazing as that is, as he's doing that on their way to Capernaum, I think the big idea in this passage is in verse 22 through 50, when Jesus states, I am the bread of life. Because the context in which he says this is when a group of people have tracked Jesus down after he fed the 5,000, almost like a a big fan club, if you will. And uh, they've seen him perform this miracle and they want more, essentially. And so they make a a little small talk with them. You know, how's the weather? Oh, hey, how'd you get here? Um, Or when did you get here? And, And Jesus knows exactly what they came for. He knows what they're about to ask him. And, And so he almost interrupts him and he says, listen. I know why you're here, and it's it's not for me. You're here because you want to see a quote unquote trick, almost like it's a almost like he's a magician. Uh, you want to be entertained some more. You're you're coming because you want to see if I have some extra bread maybe to give you because you were filled by that bread that I gave you before. And he says, I know you like that bread and fish and everything, but the fact that you're hungry is not your biggest need right now. Uh, because if if I give you bread right now, you're you're just going to be back again. You're going to be hungry for more because it's just regular bread. But I, I can do you one better. I will give you something that will last forever. And, and here's what baffles me about 
this passage here is that even after Jesus explained all of this to them, the people are like, oh, okay, cool, cool. That That's awesome that you're giving us this thing that's supposedly better than the bread. But listen, Jesus, can you show us another sign? Can you show us something else so that we can believe in you? And I can just imagine Jesus after he's explained this to these people about how he has something eternal for them. I can almost imagine him looking at these people after they ask for this sign, like, really? He's got this face like, are are you serious right now? Uh, Like, really, I've just offered you the greatest thing that you'll ever be offered in your lives. And all you want from me is another trick. And and I know that it seems easy for us to, to read this and be like, gosh, these people are a bunch of idiots. Like, how stupid can you be to be asking Jesus to do another miracle or another sign as he's offered us something eternal, something greater than anything that we could ever be offered? But unfortunately, I feel like this is what many of us do. Uh, I've done it myself in my own personal walk. And you see, instead of wanting Jesus and wanting a relationship with him, all we want sometimes is, is his stuff. We want his blessings. We want him to give us the job. We want the big house. We want more money. We want success. We want good grades. And, um, and and the thing is, is when we do that, it's not really that relationship with Jesus that we have. We're just coming to him almost like he's Santa Claus or like a genie in a bottle. And um, and, and it's, it's crazy for me to think that we've, uh, I feel like we've all done this before in our own lives. Um, just kind of put it in perspective for you. Uh, I'm a huge Phoenix Suns fan. Uh, there's not many of us out there, unfortunately, and it's probably because the Suns aren't that great. Um, but back in the glory days, uh, we had a, a point guard. His name was Steve Nash, and he was one of my favorite players of all time. And as a basketball player, I would love to have been able to get the chance to meet him. And what this looks like is, you know, if, if Steve Nash were to come up to me and he would say, hey, Eric, uh, listen, I, I know you don't know me, but I think you, you're a pretty cool guy. Um, and I want to, I want to think about, you know, hanging out with you. I want to, I want to start a relationship with you to where we're, we're, we're friends, maybe even become best friends. And, um, and essentially what this would look like and, and what these people are doing to Jesus in this moment is that Steve Nash would be offering me something amazing, uh, a relationship with him. But then in turn, I would be like, Oh, you know what? I don't need that relationship. Um, I'd actually just want to sign Jersey, you know, and it sounds crazy like that, but that's what we do when Jesus is offering us this relationship. But then we're just like, that's great, Jesus. I know you want a relationship, but I'd rather just have money or I'd rather just have this successful job. And, and unfortunately, uh, that, you know, Jesus offers us more. Uh, but then Jesus in this passage says, listen, Guys, I know you want all of this. I know you want this miracle. I know you want this sign, but I am the bread of life. Of course, naturally, the people go straight to, okay, cool. Um, how, how do we earn this? Which I feel like a lot of us do when Jesus offers us anything. How can I earn your favor? How can I earn the gift that you are, are giving me? But Jesus is like, it's not by works or things that you accomplish that you have this eternal life. It's very simple. I mean, eternal life is found when you follow me, when we follow Jesus. Jesus says, I'm it. I'm all you need. And and when he calls himself the bread of life, he's saying that he's our fulfillment. He's what sustains us. When other people or other things will fail us, and, and they will, 
He never will fail us. And all we have to do is to choose to follow him. We have to accept this gift of salvation that he has freely given us. And, and I think this is an important message to us because Jesus wants us to follow him, not just want him to, uh, he doesn't want us to just come to him because of the things that he can do for us. He wants us to be consumed with him. He He's not coming to improve our lives. He's coming to be our lives. He's coming to fulfill everything that the world cannot sustain, cannot fulfill, and and even more because he is Jesus Christ. And, and, and that's when I really have to take a step back. Am I only using Christ for what he can do for me or I'm in it because I truly love him? And I, I know that that's something that uh, a lot of us do wrestle with. Um, but you know, I have to challenge myself each day to look at the relationship that I have with Christ and, and see if it's truly because I love him or is it, am I just coming to him because I, I want something or because I think he can help me out with something, almost like uh, that, that co-pilot, if you will. Um, and that's, that's something tough that we have to deal with each and every day. But I believe that, that Christ loves us so much. Uh, and that he has given us this free gift of salvation. And all we have to do is follow him. It's not by our own works like we see in Ephesians. Um, but that's that's a piece that I uh, I can walk with every single day as well, knowing that he still loves me even though I mess up, uh, that he is there to fulfill my life. And all I have to do is make that decision to follow him. So like I said, there's a lot within this passage, uh, but I think it's important for our lives uh, and uh, I just love this this scripture and what it shows to us so I thank you for uh, let me hang out with you guys today um, but we we love you guys and uh, we'll talk to you later well thank you so much for your time and thank you guys for listening we'll see you next time